0: Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from Dr. Narrator Richards, a keen horsewoman and passionate scientist. Dr. Richards parlayed this passion into a doctor's degree in equine nutrition from the University of New England. Then, in 2003, she founded Equalize Horse Nutrition Limited, which provides scientific and independent information to horsemen and horsewomen worldwide through its online software, FeedXL.com. Today's tip, why what you do feed your Easy Keeper is just as important as what you don't feed your Easy Keeper. But first, a word from today's sponsor,
1: FeedXL. (sighs) Poor Gypsy is suffering from horse envy. He's the new kid in the pasture and can't get over the stamina and shape of his fellow stallmates. Rumors around the barn point to FeedXL. It seems their owner has been online and discovered the FeedExcel nutrition tool. That means Gypsy's in for a big transformation. The other horses have been telling Gypsy all about the changes made to their diet and how FeedExcel has improved their overall well-being. When it comes to your horse's diet, conflicting advice can result in overfeeding and money wasted. With a FeedExcel nutrition tool, enter your horse's weight, diet, and activity level to get started. It'll allow you to see where your horse's diet stands and give you the opportunity to revise it until it's balanced. FeedExcel has the latest science backing them up, allowing you to take charge of your horse's diet with an easy-to-use nutrition tool, taking the guesswork out of what to feed your horse. It's almost like Gypsy has his own personal nutritionist right at the barn. Visit FeedXL.com for a simple and easy nutrition tool to balance your horse's diet for optimum health.
0: Now, enjoy today's tip. And Once again, here we have Dr. Narrator Richards from down south in Australia uh, here to chit-chat about horse nutrition. And looks like we've got uh, easy keepers today. Oh, we're going to talk about the fatties.
2: Yeah. Hi, Jennifer. Always good to talk about the fatties. Uh, they're, um, they're a difficult bunch to manage, I tell you, but um, on the plus side, they're also a very cheap horse to own. <laughs> you know something, now? For the first time in my life, I own a fatty. I always had okay. event
0: horses, which tend to be thoroughbredy and hard keepers. Yep. I stress more about my fat horse than I ever did about my skinny thoroughbred. Yeah,
2: but I bet your bank account loves him.
0: The bank account loves him. That's true. He is. You know, although I have to, I have to pay a little bit extra because we're in Lexington, Kentucky. Where you know grass is king. I have to pay a little bit extra to keep him on a dry lot. Ah, yes. <laughs> Because you have to create a dry lot here.
2: Yeah, It's yep. not
0: just a pasture that's been shaved down. So tell me all about fatties. Why they're fat? How to keep them not too fat, etc.
2: Right, well, we've, um, I think everyone's got a lot of fatties at the moment. We've got a massive of grass um, where I live here in Australia at the moment, on the basically over the whole East Coast. So there's a whole lot of fat horses getting around, and I know you guys have the same problem. Um, I've seen your grass in Kentucky, <laughs> and I've seen what it can do to horses. But pretty much um, what our horses are dealing with these days is, is pastures that have been dramatically improved from what they used to be in order to fatten sheep and cattle. Which is fair enough I mean we need to fatten sheep and cattle, but when you put these horses out that are that are really good doers and very efficient uh, they just get fat um, and getting fat is not good for a horse. It causes all sorts of problems. Um, they get insulin resistant, then they're prone to laminitis. It increases their bone and joint wear and tear. Um, they become less mobile, and less um, able to sort of get around easily. They're not nearly as comfortable to ride and they're far more prone to heat stress. Oh, so never thought of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so they've got this layer of – they've become like a seal. They've got a layer of fat yeah. and they can't get rid of the heat um, as easily. Which, if you live in a hot climate, is a problem mm-hmm. um, so pretty much you have to manage them nutritionally now the the, the traditional thought was lock them up don 't feed them very much, which is great um, to get them to lose weight. but the problem is if you if you lock them up and don 't feed them very much, um, but don 't pay much attention to Things like vitamin and mineral requirements and protein requirements, you're going to cause more problems than you solve because you're going to end up with horses that get deficient in a lot of things, um, and you know you'll get start to get problems with their immune system and with their hoof health and, and things like that. So um, what I was going to talk about tonight or this morning for you is um, how to feed the easy keeper to get them um, to, to maintain them in good condition, um, mm-hmm. but also to maintain them in good health. Yeah, Well, I think at the beginning of this, we need to say fat does not
0: necessarily equal healthy. Fat indefinitely doesn't equal healthy. (laughs) And thin does not necessarily equal unhealthy. I think uh, so many of us assume when you have an easy keeper, he's all roly. Let's say he's just roly-poly. He's not a nine yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) on the old weight (laughs) scale, but he's he's a little chubby. Well, he's a perfectly healthy horse because he's a little bit chubby when, in fact, that horse could have significant um imbalances in his diet just like the one that's a little on the thin side he could have a balance a perfectly well balanced diet that just doesn't have enough calories so talk us through this whole easy keeper thing so that we can have a horse of appropriate weight that um you know 10 years down the line his feet are shot because we've been feeding him a poor diet all these years
2: Mm -hmm. yep all right so the the first thing i mean the main reason why these guys get too fat, aside from um, not enough exercises, just access to really high quality forage. So really high quality pasture or really quality, high quality hay. So if, for example, who's being fed a diet of pure alfalfa, which um, we've discussed in another tip, um, that will make them fat. So oh, yeah. the first thing you need to do is restrict that access to your really good quality pasture or hay. Um, now with pasture like you've just said you've got your horse on a dry lot that's one way to do it you can muzzle your horse um, you can use electric fencing to, to strip graze horses so that you're restricting the amount of access they get to good quality forage every day um, there's a number of ways you can do it but the the main thing is you have to restrict that access to that really good quality pasture or forage because essentially that's their chocolate cake that's what's mm. making them fat
0: can you imagine living? In acres of chocolate cake. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. It's breakfast time.
2: I don't like chocolate cakes. So I know I can't. But <laughs> acres of potato chips, mm, oh, yeah. wouldn't do me a whole lot of good. <laughs> and, yeah. So what do we do instead? If you have to
0: restrict how much grass they get,
2: now what? Okay. So um, the primary consideration when you're thinking about feeding your horses is to keep their gut healthy. So if you've just restricted their access to good quality pasture or hay, you then need to fill up that gut with some other kind of forage because if you don't fill it up, they're going to be unhealthy. Um, they are be at much higher risk of things like colic and they could end up with B vitamin deficiencies because their hindgut doesn't have enough fibre to ferment. So you have to then go and find a very low quality hay, so a, a stalky um, Timothy grass type hay or you know something that, that doesn't have a whole lot of calorie content but it's it's fibrous and palatable and clean and not moldy, something that they 'll eat um, it's kind of like you know swapping your chocolate cake for all bran. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just envisioning you know, oh, oh that's funny, good okay yeah. I was like, yeah but so um so take them off the. Take them off that well, not take them off, but restrict their access to the good quality forage, and then and then give them something that they can chew on for the amount of time. So your your guy in the dry lot um, should have something that he can chew on for most of the day and night.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: the more feed you can feed a horse bulk wise, the better. So instead of um, instead of working out like a, an easy keeper's calorie requirement may be fulfilled each day with say sixteen pounds of alfalfa hay or 25 pounds of a stalky hay. So you'd be much better off feeding more of the, the stalky, lower quality hay than you would be feeding less quantity of the high quality hay. Just because psychologically they're, they're built to be out grazing most of the day. Mm-hmm. So the longer you can keep them eating, the better off they're going to be. Mm-hmm. So you can um, you can
0: really have an extremely obese horse that has serious hindgut issues and nutrition issues because that extremely obese horse is an easy keeper who spends two hours a day um, gorging himself on ankle-deep green grass and then spends the, the remaining 22 hours a day eating nothing. Correct. That's really, not a, that's really not a really good scenario, is it?
2: No. I mean, that might be a little bit extreme, but... No, I, I know a lot of horses
0: who live that way, actually.
2: Really? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that that's definitely not ideal. I mean, the other thing that they're um, at an increased risk of then is, of course, gastric ulcers because because a horse is supposed to graze um, and eat little and often over a 24-hour period, their stomach never actually stops secreting hydrochloric acid or gastric acids. So over that 22-hour period that they're not eating, they're not salivating at all and they're not providing the stomach with any kind of buffering whatsoever and so they're going to end up with a really, really acidic environment in there, um, which is not normal. That's bad that's, news. So that that's mm-hmm. another reason why you want to keep them, the longer you can keep them eating and the more you can give them to eat without going over their calorie quota, the better. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, how do you, so you've got your horse now, okay, you've um, you put a grazing muzzle on him and you keep the pasture at appropriate level, etc. So you've uh-huh. gotten his grass intake limited appropriately, and you yep. found yourself a supplier of some good late-bloom Timothy, uh-huh. so he has something to nibble on. How do you meet his remaining vitamin and mineral and protein profile? Because that little tiny bit of grass plus that little bit of Timothy hay, that's going to leave some gaps, isn't it? yeah for sure so now um, what now we've got step three this is a okay. three-step program folks Yep. Yeah,
2: yeah. well it's it's four but we'll we'll add, okay. well it could be five actually in fact it <laughs> could course. be six but we'll keep it simple so vitamin and mineral requirements there is a mountain of um good quality vitamin and mineral supplements on the market um and and low dose vitamin and mineral supplements and by low dose i mean less than 100 grams or less than four ounces a day mm-hmm. so it's a teeny tiny amount and in that teeny tiny amount you can meet all of their trace mineral and vitamin requirements. Um, Now depending on what the calcium and phosphorus content is of your pasture and of the hay that you're using you may need to add some extra calcium and phosphorus which you can do with dicalcium phosphate Um, but essentially you can you can create a balanced diet using the restricted access to the high quality forage some access to the um, low quality Timothy hay for example and then a vitamin and mineral supplement. So you would want
0: to look for a vitamin mineral supplement that specifically addresses a horse that is not eating a recommended quality of um, what they call fortified grain. Horse feed that's got, when you read the back, it's got lots of multisyllable yep. ingredients on the back. So um, <laughs> just to go to the feed store and pick up a bucket of vitamins – um, you're going to want to pay a little bit closer attention because that is could be formulated for a horse that is eating six or seven pounds of a fortified grain a day. You want the one that's designed for the horse that's not getting that because if you were to feed one to a horse, <clears throat> Thunder over here doesn't get any grain because Thunder's a chubbo, mm-hmm. and you feed him a vitamin supplement that's designed for a horse eating grain – he may or may not be getting all of those nutrients covered. But on the other hand, if you feed it to lightning on the other side of the aisleway, who eats six pounds of fortified grain every day, you feed him the one that's designed for a horse with no grain, you could be giving him too much of stuff. So you really need to pay attention to the the, the fine print. I hate to say it because people hate to read fine print. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pay attention to the fine print and... You know, give the horse the right one. Don't just walk in and grab the first multivitamin that falls off the shelf.
2: Yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, um, most complete feeds, like fortified grain feeds, they should be formulated so that if you feed them at the correct feeding rates, you don't have to add a supplement on top. Um, Should be. A majority majority (laughs) of your vitamin and mineral supplements are also formulated on the assumption that that horse is not being fed a fortified grain feed. But Mm. in saying that, not all fortified feeds and not all vitamin and mineral supplements are created as equal. And in fact, some of them are terrible. Um, And you pay a lot of money for something that doesn't go anywhere near meeting your horse's requirements. So you Mm -hmm. do need – it's very much a case of buyer beware because nearly all of them will say that they're complete and you don't need to add anything else with them. But when you actually compare what's in that supplement or feed against what your horse actually needs – that quite often there's still holes missing
0: uh-huh. uh huh of course
2: <laughs> so that was that was step was that step three? That was step three. Okay, Do we have another um, step? So if, if, you, if you find two, like depending on how much pasture time your horse is getting, but if you've got a horse that is, is mostly on a really low quality hay, um, adding some really high quality protein to the diet is usually a good idea because while you want to restrict calorie intake, you don't want to restrict um, amino acid, essential amino acid intake because they need those things to maintain. I mean, hoof quality is the most obvious one um, but you know they've got a whole heap of um, essential functions in the body so you need to add some i uh, say really high quality protein because you want to get a lot of those essential amino acids into them without putting too much too many calories in the diet so um, something like soybean meal I mean, soybean meal is your highest quality protein vegetable protein you can get um, so adding a small amount of soybean meal um, which, you know, is, is plentiful, it's it's pretty readily available to the diet of an Easy Keeper, will help them um, just to maintain that essential amino acid intake in their diet.
0: That's interesting. Here in America, um, soybean is not a – I'm not saying it's not used, but it's not a popular ingredient. It's not an ingredient that you see in large letters on labeling, which mm-hmm. means the buyers aren't seeking out soybean. That's yep. interesting.
2: We use, it, we use it a lot in Australia. Um, there is a bit of a, again, as there is with most horse species, a little bit of a caution with soybean meal in that if it hasn't been heat treated properly, there could be still some anti-nutritional factors and one of them is a compound that actually blocks the enzyme or one of the enzymes that digests protein in the gut. So if, if you get a badly produced soybean meal, you'll actually reduce protein digestion. Oh. So, so make makeup. sure make sure
0: you get the cooked good stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean okay. we use we use um, full fat soybean a lot that has been cooked um, and sometimes double cooked in Australia just to make sure that that um, antitrypsin factor has been completely taken out of it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it is it's a beautiful again it's a beautiful ingredient in soybean, but um you do have to use the right stuff.
0: Of, of just like everything else in horse nutrition, there's always a but.
2: Yes, yes. Okay, um, so that was step the, four. So, yeah, so the fifth thing um, I found with easy keepers over the years that um, when you restrict them, even when you've got them on, you know, a really nicely balanced diet, when they're restricted off good quality forage, um, their coats tend to go a little bit off, um, not as shiny in their skin, not as healthy as what it probably should be. And the only thing I can put that down to is um, the omega fatty acids in hay being damaged, during the um, haymaking process and, and during storage and things like that. So they may not be actually meeting those omega fatty acid and, and just fat requirements in general. So adding, I know um, one of the first things we say is in, in an Easy Keeper's diet, take the oil out because it's so energy dense. But they do need, as humans do, we need some fat in our diet or some oil in our diet to maintain a healthy body because so many so in our skin. This, are, is, this is a point of confusion for me. Mm-hmm. Horses in nature don't eat
0: oil anything you won 't see a feral horse wandering the plains eating s- sunflower seeds no, so but, but in their in their natural diet, where do they get those grasses so living green grasses is where that comes from
2: yep so I've, I mean you can see you can see um fat contents up to four and a half percent which is forty five grams per kilogram um or what would that be? Roughly twenty-two grams per pound um, of, of fat. So actually, they they eat. So if, if you you know think about a, a horse eating two percent of its body weight, that that's almost um, a pound of oils a day. Wow! So out of, just out of gra- I... that's out of a high-fat grass, but just out of grass. Because
0: when I think of fats, I think of greasy, gooey, you know, lard and mm-hmm. and olive oil, and I think of something very different than a plant product because I I have it as a a completely clueless layperson. I don't differentiate between fatty acid and fat and oil visually and inside my little pea brain. They're all the same thing to me, but they're really not.
2: Well, no, well, they sort of are. I mean, a fatty, a fat is just um, a... Uh, this is um, technical terminology, but a, gris- a glycerol, which is like the backbone, with three fatty acids joined to it. That's all the fat is.
0: It's a molecule.
2: So, yeah, and then when it okay. gets digested, we chop it up and you get your fatty acids and the, the, the backbone um, broken up. So, the the omega fatty acids are, are just one of those fatty acids that can make up fats, But they're quite sensitive, so you can damage them really easily. So my my assumption is, and and I think um, there's probably, you know, studies that have have shown this as well, um, that in conserved forages, the fatty acid content isn't the same as in fresh forages. And I think that's what's playing a role with these horses whose coats just aren't quite as good as what they should be. But when I say add fat, I mean like, you know, an eighth of a cup up to a quarter of a cup, like hardly – anything
0: oh Oh, that's a very that's a very small quantity yeah
2: just to meet their um fatty acids and and use an oil that's got both omega-3 and omega-6 so a soybean oil or a canola oil or you can use a a flaxseed um oil which is very high in omega-3 with a corn oil which is very high in omega-6 um oh you
0: you would combine them
2: yeah so that they get so that they get both the fatty acids because they need both well there you go huh so that's step
0: Five. Five. <laughs> Are we near the finish line?
2: The last one is really easy. It's just salt. Make sure that they've always got access to a salt lick. That's really important. Let them let them uh, enjoy their salt at their leisure. Yes. Yes. Yep. Unless Total. you've got a, you know, if it's a horse in work, um, again, you know, add salt to its diet because... Um, it's a little bit hard for horses to lick enough salt off a salt lick if they're, you know, sweating heavily. But if it's a horse that's not doing a whole lot, um, just having access to a salt lick is, is fine. Yeah, mine likes to
0: suck on it like a sucker. <laughs> he gets his tongue wrapped around it and you can actually hear him
2: sucking on it. It's kind of yep. a <laughs> happy boy. Uh, and, of course, so, exercise. I mean, if you can exercise these guys, um, it makes their management just that much easier. Yeah. If you have an easy
0: keeper who's also hard to catch, go out every day and try to catch him. (laughs) That's right. It works really well. You you get exercise, he gets exercise. It's a (laughs) win-win. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Well, as usual, Dr. Erda, fascinating stuff. More confusion cleared up. I'm going to be the clearest-headed lay horse person around after hanging out with you
2: (laughs) i really feel like i just confused you but i'm glad that that's the case well
0: it clears up some stuff but then it creates more questions elsewhere but that's just me
2: (laughs) yeah always i mean it's always i mean thanks again (laughs) and uh, we'll, we'll be seeing you next time okay sounds good
0: well there you go it's always so much fun to talk to dr richards because she's so smart but doesn't make me feel dumb To listen to all of Dr. Richard's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the Experts drop-down menu on the left. You can also go to feedexcel.com's newsletter section for fantastic, free, and unbiased information about equine nutrition. feedexcel.com, and then on the left is the newsletter section. Please stop by the Horsetip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover.